You're listening to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show with Val Hart. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Val, how are you doing today? Hey, Scott, I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Awesome. So last time we talked about how we can actually uh, speak to our, to our, communicate with our pets. And I just thought that was an amazing, uh, amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is an amazing thing. Um, you know, learning animal communication is a really exciting journey into the self. Uh, people, you know, come into it uh, thinking that they're going to tell the animals, you know, what they want them to do, and it's going to be kind of like mind control, and, you know, they're going to uh, give their animal a communication, and their animal will do that perfectly, and they won't have any more problems, and <laughs> or they'll stop doing the bad things they want their animals to stop doing. Oh, and that's kind of like when two people get married, and they think that if, once they get married, they'll have no problems with that other person ever again, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm married now, she's going to wash and cook and right. clean and, and right. massage my feet, and he's and she, he thinks, she thinks he's going to fix the everything and put his underwear away. And of course... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. two-way street, right? Yes, it is. Um, but the fun thing about learning animal communication is that what we learn is how to listen, uh, to others and you know when we listen when we learn how to really listen is when we learn how to be intuitive uh, which means how we receive others thoughts and impressions and their true intentions and their true communication you, know, you were saying a bit about um, um, what the communication actually consists of you know and only about seven percent or so uh, or so is actually the the language itself, the, the spoken word or the written word, right? And, That's right. And yes. Yeah. Like, no, go ahead. I was going to say, psychologists have done a lot of studies of this, and they found that 7% of our communication is the actual word that we use, right. words that we use, and the rest of it is our tone, our pausing. Uh, you know, we can tell when someone's smiling just by hearing their voice. We can tell when they're mad or sad, mm -hmm. and also their body language. Right, right. Um, you know, when animals look at us, what they see is the imagery that we hold in our mind. Um, they they feel what we're feeling, right? So yeah. whatever emotions we've got going on in our body, and the, the way that our energy is running, if it's quiet or, or, you know, hyper, if we're on a nervous system stress, you know, mode, survival mode, or whether we're truly calm, relaxed, you know, in that um, sympathetic... So they may actually know more about what's going on in us than we do. They know a lot more than we are usually consciously aware of. You know, speaking of statistics, you know, they say that only we only really use about 5% of our consciousness, you know, that mm -hmm. we're, we're, our mind is only maybe 5% and everything else is subconscious. So if you want to know how you're feeling, um, really, uh, <laughs> ask your animal. Um, you know, and by the way, your animals also know if you're sick or if there's uh, something odd, you know, or off um, in your body. You know, dogs and, and dolphins and cats and lots and lots of animals have been proven over time to that they can actually pinpoint where disease is in the body um, wow. and um, things like that. So animals have so much wisdom that they can share with us if we just learn how to listen to them. Right. So when we're learning how to communicate with our, with our animals, with our pets, yeah. is, that, is that a difficult thing? Is it going to take like forever and we need to you know, study 12 hours a day? Or? Oh, at least. Maybe 24 hours. <laughs> 24 hours a day. 
I'll be communicating yes, that's with my right. pet in my sleep. That's right. You think that you're just sleeping with your animal, but they're actually mind-melding with you uh, <laughs> in your sleep, trying to help you, you know, when you're um, in a dream state. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that reminds me, like when we look at... Uh, like Dr. Doolittle, the book or the movies, yeah. of course, you know, they, they talk and then the animal actually talks back and you can right. hear the animal. And, right. and is, that the, is, is that the type of experience that we can expect or is it, is it different? Than yeah, that? I'm really glad you asked that because there's so many misunderstandings about this. Um, you know, it, in effect, yes, I mean, if you're going to have a communication or a conversation with an animal, just like you would with another person, and by the way, people are animals too, right? We're all mammals, <laughs> or at least mm, the mammals right. are mammals, and the birds are the birds, and the fishes are the fishes. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, but you have a conversation, so you're you're saying something, you're offering something, and then they respond, and then you respond, and then they respond, right? That's the basic nature of the interchange. So animals always respond in the ways that make sense to them, given what you're sharing with them. And okay. yeah, so you know, say so they look in your mind's eye, they see what's in your mental, you know, imagery, right? Whatever you're holding in your mind, they check yeah. your body to see how you're feeling, you know, where your energy is. And one of the problems that our animals often have is that the emotions that we hold in our body can be different from what the images that we're holding in our mind. Mm. And when we add language onto that, like we're going to ask for something, we're communicating about something, want to tell a story or, you know, or tell them to do something or whatever, often that doesn't match with what's in the mind or what's in the heart or in the gut. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Sure. And so that means that we are really confusing our animals. They, they see us as incongruent, um, you know, not aligned within our authentic self. And that's really confusing to our animals. So, so when you're going to communicate with an animal, what you want to do first is get really clear about what you want to communicate about. Um, you're going to see it in your mind's eye. You're going to feel the emotion of the story. So that creates a context, you know, for, for the message that you're sending or offering. Then you're going to tell the story about it. So you're going to say, you know... Um, uh, let's, if you said, let's go for a walk to your dog, um, and this is how it's going to look, and we're going to start in a you know, really lovely, peaceful uh, way, and we're going to walk along, and you know, we're going to have a great day, and we're going to see other dogs and other people, and there'll be cars, and then we're going to feel the wind and the, you know, and the sun and smell smells and enjoy our time, and then we're going to come back, and you know, then we're going to go on, whatever. So that would be the story, right? So if you, yeah. if you told that story from a happy place, <laughs> then, you know, in not not afraid of anything, uh, just with the pure joy of the moment, you know, and being in that space and loving your being with your animal and, you know, and sharing the, the beauty of the moment and all that stuff, then that would be a really different story than someone who is fearful about being outside. <clears throat> is afraid that other stray dogs might attack you, you know, or your dog, afraid that their dog's going to get in trouble or drag them down the street, right? Or, you know, have, if they could yeah. behave badly. Um, or, you know, that they're actually afraid of, or don't like their neighbors, you know? <laughs> right. Um, or, uh, you know, uh, who knows? Uh, or they're in a hurry, you know, or they're stressed and they're not really present about it at all. 
um, that would be a totally different message. And you know, the bottom, the bottom communication was, let's go for a walk. Um, but what was the real message? The real message was totally different. You know, on on eat and stressful. Yeah, the second second scenario was hugely stressful and confusing. And then what's your animal going to do? They're going to look at that and go, "Ooh, going for a walk is not a good thing. I need to be on alert. I need to be more protective. You know, just to you know, my humans afraid. They're angry. They're upset. Um, I need to help them. How do I help them? Oh my God, maybe it's that little dachshund dog. I have to kill it. <laughs> Maybe that's what's making my human up so upset. Right, right. So that would explain why if you went for a walk and, mm-hmm. and you're, I'm walking my dog and someone's walking their dog and then their dog just goes absolutely nuts. Right. That, it, it, it has nothing to do with um, the dogs. It has to do with the messages that the person has been sharing, you know, so that the dog thinks they're supposed to protect their, their, their person, you know, or yeah. run that other dog. Well, that just happened to me an hour what? ago. I, I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting Milo, mm-hmm. and Milo's a little itty bitty Shiatsu something mm-hmm. uh, uh, mongrel. <laughs> a mongrel. <laughs> he's, he's not a purebred, but he's just, and he's like 1900 years old. Wow. He's an old. I mean, he's a really old dog. Uh, okay. And he's very wise. You look at his eyes, you can. Uh-huh. And and he's short. He's small. He doesn't come halfway up my my shin, right? Oh uh-huh, yeah. And uh, so we're, we go for this walk. We go in the park, and we coming out. And there's this lady who has two dogs that probably weigh three quarters of what I weigh. I oh. mean, they're different dog, different breeds, and they're both going nuts uh-huh. when they see us. Uh-huh. Right? Wow. And she can. Bear, I mean, they're pulling her off her feet. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. And trying to trying to get it at Milo. Right. So she says, "Well, you should cross the street or whatever." So we cross the street, and, and uh, I mean, and I'm just, and then they calm down. They continue going on their walk and stuff, and it's like, whoa, like those dogs are really. And then when we get in front of our house, our neighbor has a little small poodle type dog. As you can see, I'm an expert on dog. <laughs> yeah, I can tell that. <laughs> and she's being visited by a friend of hers who has a larger dog, right? Mm-hmm. And both these dogs come racing over to say hi to Milo. Milo's not friendly at all, by the way. Oh. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like. I mean, he's friendly with you and me and people, people. but he just really doesn't care for dogs. Uh-huh. And you know, he'll go away or he'll walk away or whatever. But he's getting better. I've noticed. Okay. Uh, and anyway, these two dogs came over and they sniffed each other and said hi. Mm-hmm. And then their owner said, "Okay, you know, you said hi. Come back over here." And, and uh, off they went back, and he was like, oh, wow, he's really, yeah. you know, very good with them. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, but, and obviously, you know, you have this lady with two massive dogs who tr- she can barely control mm-hmm. what's going on in her mind, like yes. as you were talking about. Yes. And then we have these two people who are who are sitting, having a wonderful conversation in the sun. Mm-hmm. In, I'll tell you, it's it's almost February. It's the last, you know, second last week in January mm-hmm. up in Canada which normally means there's snow on the ground or it's pouring rain. So, I mean, we're just like ecstatic because mm-hmm. it's a mild day, it's pleasant, the sun is shining, and they're sitting out in front of their house having a nice conversation in the sun. So, you know, the two states of minds of the two, yeah. of the three people, or the three states of minds of the three people are dramatically different. So, yes. And, of course, the dogs are behaving dramatically different. So yes. I, I see what it is that you're... Uh, what you're talking about, you know, and I never would have, if we hadn't had this conversation, I never would have made that connection, but right. now when I'm looking at people and their dogs, so 
that's where that person is at. Yeah. <laughs> or, or great, that person's in a good spot, right? Right, right. They will, you know, animals reflect us. You know, that's that human-animal body-mind connection. And so our unspoken, unconscious, sometimes um, uh, fears and, and um, uh, issues, our wounds, you know, our imbalances, um, our animals pick up on um, and will reflect them for us or they act them out for us. So their behavior can change um, depending on who they're with. You know, that's why you'll see an animal mm -hmm. who is uh, wonderfully behaved with one person and horribly behaved with another one. Um, it's, that's, that's part of the reason. It's that they're getting very different signals. Um, I've got a fun story for you. Um, a number of years ago, I was working with... Um, um, uh, a woman called me in, uh, her name was Yvonne, and they had rescued a greyhound, and um, they had had greyhounds before and loved this dog, loved the dog, loved the breed, and uh, her husband was a, um, a marathon man, I mean, he was a, an iron man, uh, one of the pentathletes, you know, kind of guys, and he was, he wanted an active dog to run with him and bike with him and all that stuff. And anyway, so they got this uh, this dog after their other greyhound had died, and and for some reason, Sasha did not like Gordon, and um, everything that Gordon tried to do, and he'd always gotten along with dogs, he never had a problem with dogs, but everything he tried to do with Sasha, Sasha was aggressive to him, he, he bit him. You know, he would chase, wow. yeah, chase him out of the bedroom, um, wouldn't let him in the bedroom, um, you know, kind of, you know, very touch-and-go touch, touch and go situation with this big dog. And so they call me in, and, I'm, I'm, and I knew nothing really about their relationship, um, except that, you know, I'm, I'm in there with them, and I'm communicating with the dog, trying to find out what his issue was with Gordon. And the dog told me that he was doing what Yvonne wanted him to do. Sasha bonded with Yvonne, and Yvonne, because, partly because he felt like Yvonne needed him, and she did, and so she was kind of really bonded with him, and Yvonne hated her husband. After, after all of these years, they've been together for a long time, and she, she, she wanted, she told me later, she said, I've been wanting to divorce him for years, I just can't afford it, you know, for other reasons. Um, but, you know, I don't want him in the bedroom with me. I don't want him sleeping with me anymore. I don't even want him in my home. <laughs> wow. So the dog, you know, is picking up on those signals um, from Yvonne. Now, Yvonne didn't take the dog, you know, off to the side and say, okay, I want you to kill Gordon. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, she didn't do that um, at all, you know, but he, what he was doing was just picking up um, her upset her anger, her, that seething resentment, you know, all that stuff, and, you know, and, and she would, I'm sure he would p pick up glimpses of her wishes, you know, in her mind, and he was happy to act them out for her. Now, what he didn't know is that if it continued like that, if we couldn't resolve this, um, then he was in danger of losing his life, because you can't, you know, you, you can't find another home for an aggressive dog that bites people. Um, right. I mean, that, that, that's like a death sentence, you know, for dogs. So we had a, a big conversation. The good news is that this really opened up a um, serious conversation between Yvonne and Gordon, and they, were, they began to manage the dog differently. Um, so they came to, they had to come together on this issue so that they could, you know, and so in that respect, Sasha actually helped 
begin to repair some of the breakdowns in their marriage. It's talking about marriages, you know, but um Right. Wow. But that's anyway, amazing. yeah, it, it you know, so you really have to look at, you know, what animals do because what they do makes perfect sense from their viewpoint. Right. 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 Um it they And yeah, so if you're yeah, so if you want something but you don't it's for whatever reason you don't want to say you want it, they still know you want it. Yes. Yes, they know you want it and they're going to help you as best they can as it makes sense from their viewpoint. Right? So their viewpoint includes their experiences, how they receive your communication, their management and handling, how they've been trained, right? Um but it also includes their connection with you and their bonding with you and how that they pick up your emotions and uh, and often will take on your stuff. And so I, I say that, you know, if uh, there, there's so many stories about animals, you know, pinpointing what's wrong with us, you know, um, mm-hmm. things that are off in our body, you know, tumors or, or some disease or illness or something like that. And, and many times the animals actually will take that into their own bodies and become sick with it before we humans are aware that we're ill. Um, when you were story. when you were talking about Sasha, you reminded me of a, another friend of mine who I was visiting. Well, it was probably about seven or eight years ago now, and she had two cats. Uh huh. And the cats were, uh, she told me, they were unfriendly. I have two cats. You know, when you come over and visit, they'll probably totally ignore you and come nowhere near you. <laughs> and, and don't. And one will scratch if you go near her. So uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, I'm just warning you of the situation, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she'd had the cats for, I don't know, 10 years or 5 years or, I mean, a significant length of time. Mm-hmm. And so she went to make some tea in her kitchen, and I'm sitting in the, uh, I guess that's one of the cats calling me right now. <laughs> I'm sitting in the in the living room, and she comes back in, and both cats are sitting on my lap. Oh, my God. Yeah. But she just could not believe it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's just absolutely amazing. Right. Because it just is something that never, ever happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's very, very, very cool. I remember that, that reminds me of uh, another client I was working with. They call me out to work with their horses. And afterwards, you know, we're sitting on the deck and outside, and it's absolutely beautiful. And, and they had a, they um, noticed that, well, they, they brought my attention to this stray cat. There was a gray cat that had been hanging around their place, and they said, you know, we, we're worried about this cat. We don't know where it came from. Um, you know, it won't let us touch it. Um, you know, it looks hungry. We're li- leaving food out, but we need to know, you know, what do we do with this cat? And, um, you know, it's very wild and, you know, stuff and not real friendly. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm, you know, tuning in and starting to converse with the cat. And where did you come from? How are you feeling? Do you need any help? You know, and, and relaying the cat's messages, you know, to the people. And it turned out that the cat felt a bond there that the, the young, the, uh, the young son, the, the boy that lived there, the cat was there for him. Um, oh. that, that the, the boy had wanted an animal of his own and in fact he did he admitted he said I felt really drawn to this cat I I really wow. like I like this cat I, you know I want to be friends with this cat I've been trying um, you know and it was like an unspoken heart's desire you know for him and so this cat appears and and so while we're talking the cat walks up onto the deck walks straight across like a beeline straight to me 
um, and is uh, rubbing itself against my legs and letting me pet it, you know, in its head and stuff. And when we acknowledged the connection between the boy and the cat, the cat went to the boy. And, oh, he, and wow. you know, he let the boy uh, pick him up and hold him, and they became, you know, they became really good friends. And and so it was just one of the sweetest uh, things, you know, that happened. It was just one of those things. So it's, it's just amazing what we can find out when we talk to them and when we consider their viewpoint. I um, mean, we, you know, we do that through animal communication. So uh, that's the fun of it, you know. So, you know, how can we really know what's going on with our animals unless we communicate directly with them? Right, and they they know what's going on. They know what's going on. Oh my God! Of course they do. Uh, yeah, that's I, this is one of the things that I do and I help people with. But you know, so often we'll take our our animals to a vet or we're calling a trainer, you know, or something like that before we have a discussion with them. And when we do that, we can actually hurt them because it may have been something that they just needed to tell us. For instance, the story with Yvonne, you know, and Gordon and their their greyhound. Uh, right. You know, they could have taken the dog to a vet. They could have brought in a trainer. They could have done all kinds of stuff and spent a lot of money trying to do it. Um, or they could have just put the animal down. And how yeah. tragic would that have been? You know, because Sasha was there serving and helping them both. Yeah. And and his his participation in the relationship helped them begin to heal. You know, major breakdown in their in their marriage. So. You know, so what can happen is we we do those kinds of things before we find out what's really going on, and we get the trainer to come in and and try to take a stronger treatment with them, or you know, or the vet starts treating them for something, and who knows what if they even know what's wrong, and you know, they can get misdiagnosed or mistreated uh, because our animals may be in reaction to an emotional or a mental or even just a simple management problem that has absolutely nothing to do with a physical problem or a training issue. Right. So. Yeah. Sam, they're always trying to communicate with us. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. They want to tell us if they're happy or not. They want to tell us what's working for them or not. (laughs) They want us to know how they feel. They need us to know if they're in pain, right, if they're hurt or some way. Um, And if so... What kind of pain? Is it sharp? Is it dull? When did it start? What happened? Did you fall? You know, did it just come up overnight? Um, you know, um, how does it feel? Those kinds of things, you know, that you can take to the vet. And, you know, vets are one of my strongest referral sources for this very reason, you know, because often oh, they don't, cool. yeah, they don't know. Um, they don't know where does it hurt. I mean, ask the animal. They know where it hurts. <laughs> they, they know, I mean, does it only hurt at certain times of the day? Is it? worse in the morning is it better with exercise is it worse with exercise you know um and where is it coming from is it you know coming from their person you know or something like that um and then with training or those kinds of things that are they confused you know if they just not understand what they were supposed to do or did it not fit with their life's purpose you know what we're asking of them isn't isn't what they came here to do for us um so you know they have messages for us um, if they can share uh, wisdom from their uh, unique perspectives, um, and when things are going wrong, they can tell us that too. Right, right, right. Um, if we're not trained in understanding the messages, then we get it. We'll we ha- we're at risk of getting it wrong. And so if we miss or doing the wrong thing, yeah, right? taking the wrong wrong action or doing the wrong thing or responding in the wrong way. 
you know, so is your animal being aggressive because it's a dominance aggression, you know, aggression, um, or are they being aggressive because it's a fear-based aggression? And if you don't know the answer to that question, then what you do could be the exact wrong thing to do for your animal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it to- totally does. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like is is uh, on a simple basis is is your pet hungry or do they want to go out for a walk right sometimes you know they're i mean i've been watching you know i've had milo here for almost a week now Mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting because it's he'll come up and yeah i'm I'm getting that this is what he does when he's hungry and i'm getting this is what he does when he wants to go out Mm -hmm. yeah and this is what he does when he wants to just have a nap Right. right and before i wasn't you know really I feel like I'm being trained. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's true. He yeah. is training you. Um, yeah. This is kind of cool. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, this is a, a fun story. Um, my dog Einstein. You know, when I got him, he was communicating with me before he was even born. You know, uh, it, it's a remarkable story. We'll go into it another time. But you know, he we were communicating before he was born. He commu- we were communicating after he was born. Um, you know, we bonded immediately. I mean, there was just, when I went to pick him up at eight weeks old, you know, uh, we just were instant buddies. You know, he was happy to leave, you know, his, his original family with and go with me. And uh, we've just been so close. And he's never learned that he, uh, that I couldn't hear him, that people couldn't hear him. And so he broadcasts, you know, wide open. I mean, he just shares his heart and mind with, with anybody and everybody. He's just really open. And, uh, you know, the idea and concept that most animals are grown up, have grown up with is which is people can't hear you very well, so we have to be very basic and we have to be very demonstrative, you know, so that our poor, dense humans can figure out what we're asking or what we're trying to tell them. Right. <laughs> he never learned that, you know, so it was interesting. Um, I was uh, having eye surgery um, and couldn't take care of him and so we went to live with another uh, family for a little while and and one of the comments that Sherry said when she was you know uh, when she had him and they they loved it I just fell in a door you can't possibly not love this dog he's just such a big heart um, wow. but anyway I can't wait to meet him I know um, but anyway she said that um, that the whole time that he's there with them that it's like she can hear him like wide open she understands him and she gets things from him that she's never gotten from other dogs and they do have another dog a little Boston Terrier named Bella Um, but she said with Bella Bella like like Milo uh, very demonstrative you know when she needs something it's kind of like a a charades game you know like you know you have to act it out so that you know and then the, the human has to guess what you're wanting um, but it's sort of, I got to thinking about that, and he and I, Anson and I were talking about it, and, you know, he said, well, he never learned that people couldn't hear him, so he didn't ever shut down his knowing or, or, or ability to just stay wide open and, and connect and, and talk. And what happens with most of our animals, which is what I think is so sad and kind of tragic, is that most of our animals learn that people are closed off, that we can't hear them, that they have to be demonstrative, um, you know, and that there's something wrong with people that we can't understand each other telepathically, uh, which is, I just think that's the most interesting uh, story. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, so, 
Anyway, um, <clears throat> where, how are we doing with time today? We're coming up to the end of our, our show for today. Okay. So I was wondering if you could say a few words about your learning how to communicate with animal programs. Thanks, Scott. I have a wonderful program. It's a three-step method of learning animal communication, and it starts with an introduction. It's a, it introduces you to the topic. Um, it's a great class. It's a, a one-hour audio CD. Um, comes with some wonderful bonuses, and it helps you understand what animal communication is, how it works, what it looks like, how it feels, and it teaches you some uh, basics that any animal lover can do. Um, the second step is the, the world's first complete beginning animal communication home study course. Uh, both of these are home study courses, and it is a 16 CD set with a nice workbook, um, uh, much, much expanded, and it goes into so much depth. I, I mean, I could keep you here for an hour just telling you the topics that we cover in the class um, to help you really learn how how to experience animal communication and, and get you really started opening the channel so you can hear your animals, they can tell you things, you know, help you really have a solid foundation of knowledge about how all this really works. The behind the scenes, I share the, the exact tips and techniques that I use, you know, in my practice when I work with people um, all over the world. Um, and that is now available also. So it's a wonderful, wonderful course. And once you have a good foundation set, then you're eligible for the mentoring program. And that's a live talk course um, yeah. with a lot of very personal guidance, coaching, mentoring. Um, and the purpose of the Communicating with Heart mentoring program intensive um, is to help you master what you've learned. And, you know, learning any new skill, there's always going to be you know, questions and you hit things that you don't understand or, you know, some limitation right. or, you know, some experience that you're just not prepared for, you know, like like um, one of the big ones most students can be worried about is working with an animal that's dying, you know, or um, uh, we talk about healing with animals. I give, uh, I teach about, you know, how to do healing with animals and, you know, how to deal with training and behavior and performance problems and therapy animals and, um, you know, just all sorts of things, and we do do great stuff. Anyway, the whole point of the mentoring program is to teach you how to master animal communication. So that's the one for serious students who really want to. If you don't want to be an animal communicator pro professional, you know, practitioner, you don't have to be. But the level of richness and the magical bond and the experience. Of, of connecting at the heart with animals and all the beings around us is just a, an amazing journey and it truly changes your life. So, wow. yeah, thank you for asking. All that's on my website. Um, I also have tips for animal communication um, students. Anybody who wants to learn, I have free tips. And I also have a free CD if you want to check that out. Discover Five Secrets About Animal Communication. And that's on my website also. And what's your website address, Val? Uh, www.valheart.com, V-A-L-H-E-A-R-T.com. Perfect. Great. Well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to communicate with us human animals. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's been a, a joy and a delight, and I'm, I'm really excited to uh, have. Uh, and I'm really excited to 
continue on with our next show in, in next week. I think that's going to be awesome. Yes. And I want to thank everybody for joining us. We appreciate you, uh, you uh, taking the time out of your busy day to learn about animal communication. And uh, Val has a blog, so you can certainly go over there and leave any comments or questions that you've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, about or go to our public podcast page I think there's a link on your site to that as well yeah. if you want to see uh, previous episodes that we've done right. or leave a comment there because if you have any questions then we'd be happy to uh, deal with them in future shows yes absolutely I'd love to hear what you want to hear about thanks Scott okay and it's just very interesting uh, Milo went away he did hear him, and he just came back now at the mm-hmm. end of the show he wanted to, to Show's over, Scott. Let's Show's go. over. Okay, let's Give go. Are you attention. finished yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But he knew when we were busy, he didn't want to interrupt us. I love that. You know, at some point, yeah. maybe we'll talk to Milo and see what he has to share, see what he'd like to tell people. I think that would be great. I think I do, too. We might bring Einstein in also. He has, Occasionally, he'll interrupt me in a session and have some comments, you know, and, and something <laughs> he wants to, to give, you know, some pearl of wisdom that he wants to share. So, Anyway, awesome. thanks, everybody. That This is great. I, I want to give us some tips next time, too, so please uh, tune in for the next show. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.